0: to another episode of You Asked, the podcast where you ask Reddit and we answer instead. We are your hosts, Matt and Katie. Uh, Matt is who I am. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's true. That's yep. true. I'm Katie.
0: Hey, hey. So we are back this week. We were off last week. Yep. Um, it was Good Friday. We took we a breather. We decided to take a little breather. For we Jesus. had a
1: Good Friday, Great Friday. Uh, it was also Matt's birthday Good thing about Good Friday here is it's a holiday, so we both had yeah. a day off work. Uh, it was also Matt's birthday, so we took a little trip into Toronto. A little day trippy.
0: Saw some pals yeah. coming out in the wind. It was yeah. so windy. It, that was, day. Really, it was really, really windy. Too.
1: And um, kind of a nice day, but so windy. And then we went and saw a Blue Jays game and afterwards, and we were walking up back to our car in Kensington Market. It was pouring so cold rain. and pouring rain pouring and rain. super windy. And... Uh, I feel like the only thing that got me through the walk was knowing that we parked um, in the lot in Kensington Market, which it, on the corner is a faux restaurant, oh. a faux restaurant, if you will. And um, I like to call it faux. Yeah. Uh, just personally. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's wrong, but I like it. It's I've, like, I've
0: always called it faux. And then when I was corrected and it's pho, just feels like, well, now I feel like a pompous ass yeah. if I say it that way. I'll stick with
1: faux. Yeah um and uh i was that was kind of what got me through that walk like it was freezing cold i was just like just get to the restaurant eat some soup and you'll be fine and uh it was closed wow. and i was like heartbroken You're salty you <laughs> it got was hard real, to recover you got real quiet yeah it was hard to recover <laughs> yeah. um but I've eaten a lot of soup since then, so that's the good news. And we'll probably have I soup up after for this. I've had soup once already today, and I'm having it again. Yeah, why not? Line <laughs> because, them up. because I don't feel good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because we spent too much time in the wind, Yeah. Uh, we thought that uh, for a while, we thought maybe you had COVID. You, you know, a lot of the symptoms that you have right now are like sniffly nose, low energy, tickling your throat, yeah,
1: headache, all the good stuff. But uh, yeah, so since Friday I've been feeling crummy. Since our walk in the rain mm-hmm. and my, uh, I think the lack of soup really did me in that night. It did if, you, If man. the restaurant yeah, had been open, sure. I would have been fine. But ever since I've been feeling crummy. So it wasn't.
0: we've had pho twice though since then too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the next two
1: days we got it. <laughs>
0: yeah, we did. True, you got the really spicy one one oh day. Oh my god, it was so spicy. Yeah, yeah, I needed was, it. You sweated I was, out. I was
1: just sweating. Sweat That's what I've been doing: sweating and sleeping. So. <laughs>
0: So, with all that to be said too, if you hear Katie sniffling, mm, or, I apologize in advance. That, you know, yeah. We're we're sorry ahead I of time. Got the sniffles. But should be pretty good. We'll be all right. I'll lean back. I'll yeah, do my best. You'll lean back. So, we're back at it and we got two questions. Yeah.
1: We, like always.
0: Like always. So, we you know, we're, you know we're consistent. We're consistent. One day maybe we'll have a guest and there'll be maybe a third question, but you know, we're not there yet. Yeah. We'll, see what we'll, see. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, Katie, mm-hmm. what is something that is acceptable today but will be unacceptable in 100 mm-hmm. years?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, depends, I guess, if we exist in 100 years, if the Very world continues to exist. I think so the world that. will continue to exist. even Will people if it, be on it yeah, is the question.
0: We could nuke the bejesus out of this place and it will still it will be still here. Exist. You It'll don't think anything will ever way.
1: blow earth to smithereens?
0: Yes, I do. It'll be the sun. Yeah, and but it not won't be like blow years. it to smithereens. It'll like envelop it, it. it eventually.
1: It'll yeah. melt it like it'll uh, melt it. yeah, maybe like a marshmallow in the microwave. It'll like puff it up, and then it'll all get destroyed. But flight. all
0: life on Earth will be extinguished be long, long before that happens. It'll mm-hmm. like the sun will like expand in its final stages of being a sun, and when it expands, it'll become like this. Won't be the Goldilocks zone anymore, and Earth will turn into what kind of resembles Mars.
1: Nice And then slowly gets
0: swallowed by the sun Sounds awesome But that's many billions of years <laughs> That's more than a hundred <laughs> years more That's not what years. we're talking about No we're not talking about that
1: so I think yeah, it's hard to know what the world will be like in a hundred years. Of course, mm-hmm. I think it re- this question like really depends. Um, but if I am sort of being optimistic for a change, let's and- <laughs> do it. Let's do it. I'm gonna be pessimistic. <laughs> yeah, will be, I'll be optimistic. optimistic. Um, and I think like the world has continued, and uh, maybe even gotten better. Things are looking good. We've solved some problems. Mm-hmm. We are. Um, We've like combated climate change and we're continuing to exist. And I think if that is the case, we're going to... Well, not we, we'll be long gone, but uh, the people of the future will be looking back at us and thinking, what the hell were these people doing using... Ah, uh, disposable things, disposable products, mm-hmm. uh, heavy packaging, like all the all the like unnecessary waste that we have. Basically, I think in a hundred years it would be like unacceptable to be using things in uh, excessive packaging or fuel based cars or unsustainable energy Right, stuff right. like that. I think will be like like thought of like almost as like dirty, you know, like and stupid, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> also and stupid. Like
0: especially because. It's it's almost like you can you can forgive ignorance, I think in a to case a like that. Extent. Like, well, when you look back in the past, and you like you look in medieval times, you're like, why didn't they get in a car? Right. And you're like, well, because they didn't have that technology. They're ignorant to it at that point, right? Like, so I, <laughs> I don't know, if ignorance is the right word for that. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm them they didn't stretching have a car. the example. <laughs> they didn't have the technology yet, so you know they wouldn't have known any better. We're in a position now where we know better. We know right now that mm-hmm. like. The using coal to get energy to fuel or to power our cities is not—it's not good. It's no bueno. It's not bueno. <laughs> <laughs> or like you know, you open up a box that comes with plastic inside that wrapping. Uh, your product up and then you open that product up and there's more packaging inside of that packaging. On Like sometimes when you get a package in the mail and it's like
1: the tiniest thing inside that didn't even need to be protected. It's like, I don't know, like a microfiber cloth and it's (laughs) 10 boxes and five pounds of plastic. In
0: a package of plastic. Yeah. I think I totally agree. I think that's shit's going to be like, what were you doing? Mm -hmm. Especially because you knew that this was like stupid. We already know. Not only is it stupid and unnecessary, but it's like,
1: And like it costs money yeah like the more packaging you use the more it costs to package the more it costs to ship the more gas it costs because it takes up more space in the truck like it just costs and costs and costs and it's wasteful and it's excessive and there's no really no reason for it except that's what we're used to doing
0: yeah well and i think like it's yeah it's what we're used to doing it's how we like to get things but it and i think like we we're kind of an animal that's like unless we're seeing immediate concern for change we're not so incentivized to make that change it's like yeah we could do all this stuff now to save people in 50 years 100 years from
1: calamity we're not not concerned about them
0: but it's like when year by year by year we don't really notice much of a change personally it's like well what the hell are we doing here why would i do that why it's stupid thinking i'm not saying this is like the right thing to do i'm just Mm -hmm. saying like that's kind of what i notice it's like ah well you know it's not affecting us now we get to look at it with some level of skepticism and Just like, oh, well, it's always been this way. We'll just litter and create mess. And just everywhere we go is a mess. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the pandemic, I feel like these masks, as much as they've been a massive savior, there is something to be said about, like, they're now littering our landfills, littering our, like, I mean, you could take 15 steps out the door and I bet you we could find a mask somewhere on Mm -hmm. the floor if you went in any direction. Right. And like just that throwaway nature that we have, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think like looking back is going to be like, what the hell were you doing?
1: What were we doing? What were
0: you doing? I think we're going to look back on things like zoos mm. and like Marine land and sea world. Animals in captivity Animals for captivity. our pleasure
1: and entertainment <laughs> for
0: us to go. Ooh. Yeah. Ah, and then move on. Mm-hmm. And for some like snotty nosed little kid covered in like sugar goop, go up against the glass and like taunt this animal that's in distress yeah. It's just so sad. Every time we go to the, I mean, I haven't been to the zoo in years. Last time we went was like when my family was here visiting maybe like 8 years ago. And it's long just so And it'd been a
1: long time since I think either of us had gone to a zoo before then. Um and I think we had a different experience than I remember. Like I remember thinking zoos are pretty cool as a kid. Yeah. And I think that like I think the intent of zoos originally was probably pretty you know, pretty good. Like, I think it was just like, oh, imagine if people could go to a place and see animals from all over the world. And like, you know, before we had the same access to information that we have now, where you can watch a video of any animal in the world and read Mm -hmm. all about it and learn all about it. Right. I think that that was probably the intent of zoos was to like spread knowledge and to give people experience. But I feel like we've really... It's just really, it's weird, and I think it's sad, and well, it's, you're right. I feel like it's just a lot of people oohing and aahing while they're eating cotton candy. And
0: <laughs> Especially if we figure out how to communicate with, like, dolphins or orcas or apes, or we figure out there's some cross-species communication in a 100 years, and we look back and we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe we did these things to you. Mm-hmm. Like, dolphins are incredibly intelligent and incredibly emotional. Like, marine mammals, period, are incredibly intelligent and emotional beings and we keep them in captivity. And In places like MarineLand where you like you keep them in captivity in uh in the best of times they're in this small little shitty tank. And then in the worst of times when the season's closed, they're in even smaller tanks and like end up getting like inf- infected because they're sitting in stagnant water and just it's horrible. the sort of stuff that we do I think in 100 years we're going to look back and go like, man, should have done was, that that was bad mm-hmm. that was bad news just as much as we look back a hundred years ago and we see that there was like people that we had in zoos literally we would be like there were people in zoos that we would see like come and see this person from faraway land and like now we're like well, that is nuts um, talking about freak show no 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 <laughs> not the circus the actual zoo there's like images of a, a zoo i think it was a brooklyn zoo or new york zoo where there was this small little boy that they got from Africa and they put him in the zoo and there's like people literally going like he was a like a, a feature at the zoo next oh, to the hippos. I didn't
1: know anything about that.
0: Yeah. It's very crazy. And like I, I wanna say probably about a hundred years ago. And now we're looking back and like, well, that's that's a little nuts. But mm-hmm. real normal zoos with just animals in it is fine. <laughs> <laughs> For now. For now. Um yeah. So I think we'll, we'll probably look back and, and see like that sort of stuff. I I, and I mean, I totally agree. I think like looking back in 100 years, they're going to see like the fact that we have the tools right now to switch to more sustainable energy sources, more sustainable packaging, more sustainable, more uh, localized food systems that aren't so fragile that like right now if we went three days without trucks coming to grocery stores, Things can get really bad really quickly. And I think about like the generations that have come before us. It's like they didn't rely on a fresh go. They didn't rely on a, you know,
1: that's our local grocery shop,
0: you know, or whatever grocery store. That's not what they were relying on. And sure, there were places that you could go to buy food and and stuff like that. But ultimately, it was like spring, summer, fall. You're working your land to try and get some food, not only to have during that time and fall when things are in plenty, but also to sustain you through the winter. And now I feel like the majority of people don't have any, any preparedness for that, like don't have stocked stores of their own to be able to sustain themselves if something like that were to happen. And also, on top of that, don't have the skill set to be able to even put themselves in a position where they could grow food, harvest food from the land, or harvest anything from the land to be able to store for later on for times of, of famine. Right? Um And I feel like we've become complacent with the system that we have, and so trusting in the system that we have that we're like, oh, it'll never fail. There'll always be food here. Mm -hmm. But I think like very naive. (laughs) You don't have to look very far back into history to realize that we're living in a small little sliver of time right now where food is in abundance. Like, and And I think that where we are. Where, where we are, for sure. It's, it's um, even
1: like kind of a small worldview because I think absolutely food is abundant in lots of places, but not for everyone and not everywhere.
0: For sure, without a doubt. And I think, um, you know, starvation and, and famine is still something that, that plagues humankind now and I think will continue to plague humankind in, in the future. But like, yeah, if you look 200 years ago at a whatever you would classify a poor person – And they are going to be frail and tiny. Mm -hmm. And you look at a poor person now, and sure, this demographic isn't, I'm not, it's not one shoe fits all. Of
1: course, yeah,
0: yeah. But we live in a time now where poor people can be extremely obese. Where if you look 200 years ago, to be extremely obese was like a sign that you are like, like, you're, you're, (laughs) yeah, you're a king. Yeah. You're a king. You can live in plenty. Um, And... I feel like we are living in a small, like I said before, a small sliver of time where that's that's been flipped. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in a 100 years it could flip back and be like, what the hell were these people doing? Um, Not shoring up their food systems, not making like you said, it's not like for us. The story is we live in a time of plenty and food is everywhere in abundance and we have the ability to be able to feed the world, but we're not making those choices now. And the future people are going to be like, why the hell didn't you make those choices? <laughs> Cause you've and why us. are we
1: choosing to eat the things that we've eaten mm-hmm. or we're eating, right? And right. the things that are packaged that have a long shelf life that were created as convenience foods and foods that you can store after the war. Um, mm-hmm. But now have led us down a path where the cheapest, most accessible foods are bad for you and are
0: bad for your health. Oh, like highly and processed garbage right and i
1: think that is exactly why now uh people who are poor or in poverty can be overweight not because it's prestigious but because it's Mm -hmm. what's affordable and accessible absolutely and uh addicting too i think people when you eat a lot of sugar and stuff like that it's that's all you want right um
0: absolutely
1: and if it's what you can afford too i think that that it just sets up people up to have an unhealthy life. Like not only are you struggling financially, now your health is in question too because mm-hmm. the food that's accessible to you is not nutritious.
0: It's bad. It's a horrible cycle, right? Mm-hmm. It's a horrible cycle. You know, you work your ass off to make like minimum wage, which isn't a livable wage. And then so you're busting your ass. You then are like go home and you can either cook a meal that's nutritious or you can pick something up on the way home with the small bit of time that you have i'm just you know trying to paint a picture again not one shoe fits all but i imagine a lot of people fit in this box where it's like you work way too many hours for not enough pay you can't feed your family nutritious food with the money that you make but you can feed them crap and that's easy and convenient and it gives you a little bit of time back like you, where are you using the time to better yourself? Where are you using time to better your position and get yourself out of it? It's just like a perpetual system. You're not eating food to make you feel good, to give you the energy that you need to go out and do better. It, yeah. It's just horrible. So I think like, we're going to look back on that whole situation and just see like, why would we do that? Why are we sharing our resources in a way that is just making small groups of people incredibly rich and large swaths of people incredibly poor and incredibly unhealthy and the way that we're doing that to sustain that lifestyle is monocropping. that's destroying our crops for the future like in the future they're not going to be able to grow food in the same way that we're able to grow food because we decided to grow eight million hectares of soy rather than having Every year so- after year after year same over, crop on the same turning land, turning that soil into sand basically that we are—I don't even know the number, but it is a staggering number of how many more harvests we're going to have out of the soil that we have in, in like the grain belt and the breadbasket in America and like in the prairies. It's not a lot. It's like 30 more harvests or 50 more harvests out of a lot of that soil, and a lot of that is just because it's been monocropped. And they're like, "Well, let's turn out soy and turn out coil cause or coil, turn out corn, cause you can turn it into um, high fructose <laughs> corn syrup." Which you can then make into anything, and it's just processed food after processed food. And I, th- I think, yeah, we're going to look back at our whole food system mm-hmm. in the future and just be appalled, mm-hmm. and then be appalled at how we packaged it all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs>
0: the whole thing is just dog shit.
1: That's why I'm growing lettuce in the kitchen.
0: I love it. I love <laughs> our little lettuce cabinet. It's great. I
1: got uh, We have uh, one of those hydroponic aero garden sort of machines. And uh, right now we got lots of salad greens growing in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been making sprout, growing sprouts every every week or so, and uh, it's awesome. I love little things like that where it's like that is just an ongoing source of food that you can keep continuing on with. And will be available to you. And it comes out of your glass jar. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's you're,
0: it. you're connected to it in a way that you're not connected to the greens that you would buy in a grocery store. And by yeah. no means, like I bought greens from a grocery store today. But there's like there's something about having that connection to your food that I think we're losing. Mm-hmm. That I think we need to regain if we want to have like a beneficial future. I think we need to regain connection to that that food source and getting it, keeping it.
1: All that stuff. All that stuff. Put what it in a it? box. Wrap it in plastic. Put it in another box. <laughs> and
0: keep that, it. And then put that in a bigger box, and yeah. then put it in a big truck and send it out. Keep it. So that's what I think we're gonna mm-hmm. look back. I'd love to hear what other people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a hundred years, what is gonna be humanity's big shame? What is our current shame right now that in a hundred years they're gonna shame us for? It's
1: so hard to know. It's like what's cool in the future, and whatever it is. Uh, the opposite of it's going to be shamed. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I mean, with the, in a hundred years, we could be right back to the Stone Age and they could be looking back and being like, they had it all. Well, they wouldn't even they be, be looking
1: back because they'd just be looking at rocks like yeah they wouldn't I, have phones or anything to look ex- back. Yeah, exactly but who knows maybe in a hundred years like they found out like oh human hair is like detrimental to the universe and it's like everyone shaves their head now <laughs> who knows
0: they're gonna be like look that. at those
1: idiots a hundred years ago look with, with their, hair. their
0: hair destroying the universe those
1: idiots who knows man
0: yeah it's Could cool though. it's fun to think about right eh.
1: it's yeah. it's something to think about <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> may eh, maybe fun. Fun, anyway. <laughs> whatever.
0: All right. Well, that was my question, Katie. Mm-hmm. What's your question this week?
1: All right. Okay, Matt. Here's a question for you. What mm. did your father teach you? Oh, and man. I think we got to preface this with you uh, have two father figures in your life. I do. And uh, you often use my dad interchangeably with both of them. So it can be a little confusing. It can be. So you're going to have to specify it here. Be. I will.
0: I will. <laughs> um yeah uh okay so uh i'm gonna start with um neil uh neil i
1: prefer when you say my neil, my neil. <laughs> like my dad but you use their first name instead so. yeah okay this one's so, about your neil <laughs> so my neil
0: um who i'd say was uh the, the more prominent but i spent the most time with him mm-hmm. um so i think he imparted more on to me that way he's a cool
1: fucking dude
0: he's a cool (laughs) fucking dude and we just found out that he's actually coming uh into may which is coming to visit we took some time off into may so maybe he'll be a guest for us that'd be pretty fun Mm -hmm. right he's he's one of our top listeners could be could be a, a guest feature
1: oh yeah
0: um he taught me all sorts. I mean, like the practical skills I think that he taught me were like he really taught me how to be handy with my like how to build stuff and make with things and how to fix stuff and around the house. I think he, he really taught, taught me how to do that and instilled in me that like if you want to improve your house, you don't have to hire someone to do it. Uh, I got a lot of examples of them, of my parents and of my dad just you know putting a new floor in or you know you want to finish the basement then we finish the basement it was never hire people to come and do this stuff it was always do it yourself figure out how to do it and and do it it might take a little longer but it's going to be more fulfilling and you're going to learn a new skill that's going to only better you so uh,
1: and that's actually one of the reasons he's coming to visit us too is we have our our front porch um, of our house is made of concrete and um, it's crumbling to dust so yeah. <laughs> Neil's coming to help us uh, build,
0: build a, a deck build a front deck and it's like those sort of things are invaluable right Like yeah. he's, he's taught me so many different things uh, around the house how to build how to use tools my him and my grandfather mm-hmm. uh, his dad uh, my couple papa couple
1: carpenters
0: couple carpenters papa was a full-on carpenter Neil I think was a second-year carpenter so he's very good at building stuff and, and has a good vision on that and has shared a lot of that with me i'm by no means am i as as good at that sort of stuff as he is hence why he's coming out to visit <laughs> um he also taught he was a, a coach in a lot of my sports like especially like he coached soccer uh, a lot for me and he um he just taught me that, like the value of working hard and you know that sometimes it's it's not gonna be easy and you don't want it to be easy you you want to be able to be challenged and if you're not challenged then you have to find a way to be challenged and i think like he's he really um taught that to me not by like sitting me down and telling me those sort of things a lot of i feel like neil is a very much lead by example guy and even in my adult years like yeah i'm just always inspired by him, by his work ethic, by the amount of attention to the detail that he puts into things, mm-hmm. um, I think really gets put onto me, and just how much he cares, and how much you can actually do in a day. Yeah, like he
1: accomplishes a lot. There's so
0: much shit that you can do in a day, and and I think like Neil really showed me that like if you plan your day out accordingly, and you stick to it, and you do those things, like you can get a lot accomplished um you'll be tired and all of those sort of things to you but like that's you know that's good i want I, you only get to live one time you should try and accomplish as many things as you can um and with my dad peter my biological father my peter my peter <laughs> um i would say he taught me like the value of lists is something that i i know that organization we both, <laughs> that we both do right so like neil how much shit you can get done in a day and then peter is like really mapping it out mm-hmm. um and whether that's like you know mapping out a list, but just saying at the beginning of the day like what are the things you want to do, and then getting that gratification after you complete a task of like r- rubbing it off the board or crossing it out or striking it out, um, and then you know at the end of the day you can reflect on that and be like I did all of these things, um, and I think it's it's good. It's like a the initial goal setting, really, right? Mm-hmm. If you you do that every day, I think he taught me taught me that, and and. I guess like he also like I'm pretty good at navigation, getting around, knowing my set and my my bearings, knowing where I am and knowing where to go and like reading a map. Um, I think he he really helped me with that, like not helped me again, not like sat down and (laughs) taught me how to do that. But he yeah, he instilled that in me. And he also one skill that I, I I know that my dad, Peter. My Peter taught me uh, how to fish. Yeah, was uh, the first person that taught one. me how to fish. Um, he loves to fish, that guy. <laughs> he probably could very he well could be, be fishing, fishing right now. Right yeah. now. <laughs> I know he just pulled his boat out, <laughs> and he's super excited. Uh, I, he's going to the Northwest Territories this year for a week long fishing trip. Like he just, that's it's mm-hmm. his hobby is is fishing, and, and he's, he's definitely fisherman. shared a lot of that with me. Um, and he taught me to. You know, find what you like to do and try and find ways to do that as much as possible. If you can make a living doing that even better. But if you can't, just doesn't mean that you can't do it. But, you know, like find the things that you like to do and make sure that you fill your life with doing those things. And that's going to change and, and you know, what have you. But just make sure that you're filling your life with the things that you like to do um, has always been something that my dad, Peter, my Peter has <laughs> has instilled in me. Um, what about That's you, good. Katie?
1: That's a lot of good lessons, I uh, think, I think so. You.
0: I got, you know, like you said, I got two father figures. And, and really, I think, like, I have a third father figure in yeah. my grandfather yeah. that, um, you know, unfortunately passed away last, last summer. So there's things I could talk about that he taught me too, but I'm not uh, – it's not about all the things that have been taught to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah. think a
1: lot of things about him would be a lot of building and work ethic stuff as well, though. For sure. I think he was Neil's role model or father figure and mm-hmm. – uh, what he passed on to Neil he also passed them to you and Neil passed them to you as well yeah it's cool, it's for really sure. cool. Uh, I, I feel like I have um, some of the same answers for sure um, my dad taught me I think a good amount about work ethic and about how when if you're gonna do something you might as well use your whole ass instead of half your ass mm-hmm. um, he coached a lot of my teams as well when I was playing softball he was coaching my rep team of you know, 15-year-old girls. (laughs) Uh, And he taught me a lot about being kind to people and um, sort of developing relationships with people and um, sometimes putting yourself out there to listen to other people or help other people. He had a very easygoing nature about him. And even as the coach, a male, you know, 40-year-old coach of 15-year-old girls, uh, everyone talked to him. Like, he was a very approachable person. So I think that's something uh, he taught me. And uh, also, like a million dumb little jokes. Like he, <laughs> he really had a way of always. I mean, it's. I feel like it's such a stereotypical dad thing to do, but he had all these little puns and all these little jokes that he would oh, always sure. do. Um, and so do you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I do. Um, and he had a way of, of making the situ like all situations just feel a little lighter, you know? Right. And uh, he would make a lot of little puns, like. Like everything, he would call four Tinos, five tinos. He would call blah blahs blah blahs. Yeah. Like every grocery store had a dumb little nickname, and it's like my mom would just roll her eyes and That's like, "That's not the name, ah, Dad." You know, but yeah, but sure. it, it's it was memorable, and it was like uh, just a real characteristic thing of his that he would do.
0: It's to not take life so seriously sort of stuff, right? Like that goofball mentality, like knowing when you can be a goofball and and like how important it is to to have that goofball element, right? Exactly. For sure.
1: Yeah, I feel like he was a a kind person who worked hard and he could be serious, of course, but he had a really sort of lighthearted nature about him that I think I valued and people valued. For sure. And I think some of that, I definitely think, has been passed on to me. I have a lot of dumb jokes (laughs) and a lot of little things that... Yeah, a lot of little things I like to just poke fun at.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah, there's always little jokes that that come out unexpectedly too, right? Like you said, yeah, like blah blahs is blah blah. Like <laughs> I, you know, you you definitely have stuff like that, and you're you're quick on your toes with them too. Um, yeah, that's great.
1: Thank you. Some stuff I learned.
0: Stuff I learned. Yeah. And what we think the future might hold.
1: Hundred years from now, <laughs> what's unacceptable. Hair.
0: Hair. Yeah, that's what we found out. That's our gamble. We're yeah. put, bet the house. Putting it all on hair. On hair being the destruction of the universe. You and got it. Therefore, we must shave it. Well, that's silly. Anyways, uh, we will be back next week for sure. Um, and uh, if we take a week off, we'll try and give you a little bit of notice. Or yeah, maybe whatever. we won't.
1: <laughs> a little suspense, you know? Keep you on your toes.
0: Keep you on your toes. We did get some text to be like, hey, where is the episode this week and we're
1: like we're busy it's right a now. picture of the blue jays <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we need a week off yeah it was a holiday
0: it was a good time we had a great friday not yeah. a good friday we had a great friday filled with some friends some wind and some blue jays yeah unfortunately no soup but we did get the faux. yeah just we got had soup to wait till the next day all right everyone we out fools
1: yeah that's it take it easy see you never